One of the problems is is that the the profession doesn't have, and most people don't have, a working definition of language. And so when people say, oh, I learned this way, they think they did, but they really didn't, because what's in their head is not what was on the textbook page. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language, LRC director Angelica Kramer is joined by Bill Van Patten, host of the popular SLA radio show Tea with BVP. They discuss two perennial issues in language teaching, the roles of input and output, and the role of explicit teaching. Bill also offers some advice for new and seasoned language teachers. Welcome, everybody, to our second episode of the Cornell LRC podcast, Speaking of Language. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome a very special guest and dear friend of mine. We need drum roll. I guess we'll do this. Bill Van Patten. Hi, Bill. Hey, Angelica. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm actually doing pretty good, considering. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, uh, pretty good is, is, I guess that's what we can strive for, right? We'll take that. Yeah. Um, so I know you um, have been very busy over the summer working on, on new projects and um, soon launching a new podcast, and I'd like to talk to you about that. But before we get into those details, I have a super broad question for you. Um, as one of the biggest experts on second language acquisition in the nation, in the world, in the universe, what's happening in the land of language learning and teaching these days? You forgot to add in multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) There's more than one universe. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. My ego ain't that big, let me tell you. All right. So what's happening in language teaching? Well, you know, it's interesting because the way I look at language teaching is part of a continuum, Angelica. And uh-huh. to me, there are, there are perennial questions and perennial issues that keep circling around like bell-bottom pants from the 1970s. You know, they just keep coming around and coming around. And every time I go to language conferences or I, for example, this summer I gave a keynote somewhere and these issues came up. I was on a, uh, not a blog site. What do you call it? Like a, it was a, a fa- Facebook site with some people who were uh-huh. involved in teaching. And these issues came up. They just keep coming up. So I'm, I'm going to talk about these perennial issues real quickly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, there are two of them. One is the relative roles of input and output in language learning and language teaching. And the other is the role of explicit teaching hmm. in language teaching. Those things just never, never seem to go away. So no matter whether you're talking about project-based learning or you're talking about service learning, or you're talking about proficiency-based this or communicative language teaching more generally, you're talking about TPRS, doesn't make a difference. These issues always come up. Um, and so um, <clears throat> I think people, I think people have acknowledged more generally the fundamental role of input in language acquisition, language teaching. They still, as a whole in the language teaching profession, haven't quite grasped what that means and how to deal with it in the classroom. Even though people give it lip service, there's still a lot, a lot of language teaching out there that hasn't, hasn't really moved in the direction of maximizing input in the classroom and interaction with that input in the classroom. Uh Um, So I I think, I think the confusion comes from, from, things they hear from different sources about what the role of output is. And there's still a lot of people who think that 
somehow by making learners talk and making learners practice, that somehow causes language acquisition. And, you know, I know I have a few people out there who will disagree with me, but most people, most scholars would agree with me that that's actually not how language acquisition happens. Yeah. So language teaching, what's going on out there right now is people are grappling with this idea of what really is that role of output? What really is that role of practice, so to speak? Um, and even though in, in, if we look survey teachers, we know a lot of that's going on. Both theory and research suggest that it shouldn't be going on that much. There should be other things we should be doing. Um, and then the um, other side of that coin of what's going on in language teaching is the perennial problem of explicit teaching. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean explicitly presenting vocabulary in lists and making learners practice it, explicitly presenting grammar points and so on and making learners practice that. Most language teaching materials, no matter what people claim they are, communicative, proficiency-based, whatever, um, I should say commercial language materials still have this idea of you present vocabulary, practice it, you present grammar, you practice it. And that is, that is a, a explicit teaching. And so I think people are, are by their own experience, think that somehow this does something because they're not seeing a bigger picture beyond what happens in their classrooms. And I also, I also think that there are some forces within the language teaching profession that promote explicit teaching without much research to back it up. Um, and if you want to ask me some follow-up questions that I'd be yeah. happy to share my opinions on that, but those are the, those are the major issues that I think are still, no matter what's going on in language teaching, again, project-based, yeah. um, proficiency-based teaching, whether you have um, task-based teaching, whether you have TPR, whether you have any, all these different things that are going out there in terms of different kinds of approaches and methods you can take. These issues of the relative roles of input and output and the relative role of explicit teaching always come up and drive people crazy and make people argue um, within, with, even within these own, their own circle of, of, of approaches or methods. So yeah. that's, that's kind of where we are in language teaching. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think with, um, especially with regard to explicit teaching, um, it's probably a lot has to do with it, how the current language teachers were taught themselves, right? I mean, this is, this is, for many people, how they experienced um, their own second, third, however many um, language learning experience. And they're kind of defaulting back to how they were taught. Right. I mean, that's, that's a large part of it. You hit the nail on the head. And the other part of it that kind of underlies that is, again, the, the profession as a whole. I've said this on my own show in the past and talk about it in my book um, while we're on the topic that was published by Axel this last year. Mm-hmm. That that. Uh, underlying these issues is again, the profession's inability to grasp with the nature of language. Most yeah. people do not have an understanding of what language is, how it exists in the head and how language is fundamentally different from communication. How that people confuse the two. So one of the problems is, is that the, the profession doesn't have, and most people don't have a working definition of language. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when people say, oh, I learned this way, they think they did, but they really didn't because what's in their head is not what was on the textbook page. Yeah. And, and so, um, we, those of us who are actual linguists who actually think about language and the theory of language and so on, um, try to point this out and it's difficult for people to understand. And I think that is, I think that is one of the major underlying problems until the definition, until the profession comes to grips with the nature of language and actually defines it and says, this is what we mean by language. Mm-hmm. And this is how language is different from communication. Um, then we're, we're not going to move forward on solving some of those issues or, or answering our questions about explicit, implicit teaching and input and output and so on. Yeah. 
Um, so do you have some suggestions for our listeners on where they can get additional information, where they can get started if they're interested in, in learning more about um, what is the role of input and, you know, what is the role or not of explicit teaching and what are the alternatives? Where can they get started? Well, you know, I, I already put a plug in for my books. So I'll put it in again because it's a starting point. It's it's not an end point. Again, yeah. it's a starting point. It's a book I did with ACTFL last year, 2017. Uh, yeah, it's a year old now. I just realized August of 2017, mm. September. Uh, it's called Walrum Topic. Um, and you can purchase both in hard copy and in a reduced cost if you're an ACTFL member um, in an e-version. So it's, it's actually not that expensive. And it's a short book meant to be very readable. And the whole idea about that book is not to be the end all be all, but to plant all these questions in a very reader friendly way with additional readings and so on, so that you can go explore some more if you want to afterwards. So I, I would recommend people start there. Um, there's not a lot of books, to be honest with you, not a lot of writings out there. Doesn't, um, how do I say this without, <laughs> without sounding like <laughs> the person you made me out to be at the beginning, you know, the king of the universe or whatever, there's the multiverse. But there's not a lot of people out there like me who try to constantly bridge this gap between theory and research and yeah. the classroom. Well, but and that's so important. And linguistics in the language classroom. Yeah. Communication is in the language classroom. There's not a lot of us who do that. There's maybe four or five of us actually yep. in the United States. Um, and so, um, so I always tell people, start with my stuff and I point you in the direction of where to go after that. So yeah. that you don't just take my word for it, but you, then I give you other readings to, to go mm -hmm. for. I, I consider myself, I consider myself to be that first step in a long journey, but not the journey itself. Yeah. A facilitator. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do want to echo, I mean, I've, I've read the book. I own the hard copy and the e-version. Um, and I do have to say it's, it's a really nice, compact um, resource that's so accessible. Um, and I've actually held workshops um, throughout the country focusing on some of the chapters that you've written. And every teacher that I spoke with so far, um, they really enjoyed how you consolidated the information and, and how it was easy to process. And they, they had good ideas for how they can adapt and change their own teaching. So that's, well, good. that's wonderful. I like to hear that. Thank you for saying that. And later on, when you asked me about the show, uh, <laughs> I can, I can put a plug in for that. That's another place, a resource site for people. And I always give people other ideas to. Yeah. Well, so why, why don't you tell us about this new show? What's going on there? Well, um, as you know, Angela, cause you were part of the team. Um, yep. We had tea with BVP that ran out of Michigan state university for three years. Um, and then I left on uh, the spring of 2018. And so the show discontinued back in, I think it was February, yep. end of January, beginning of February. And I knew that I was going to do another show, um, but it would be independent because um, I am now an independent scholar. I'm not affiliated with any university. And so uh, we are starting a new show on September the 12th. Um, it's going to debut on that Wednesday, September 12th at 3 p.m. California time, which is six o'clock. Um, East Coast time. So we are maximizing our exposure to the lower 48 states. I'm um, sorry, Hawaii. Sorry, Alaska. But we just <laughs> couldn't, we couldn't squeeze you in for a variety of reasons. Um, so um, it's a live show. You can call in and talk to us. And the name of the show is Talkin' L2 with BVP. And the idea is it's going to be similar to Tea with BVP that people can call in and ask questions, make comments about things, uh, both about language acquisition and language teaching, both 
theoretical and pragmatic and practical and so on. We cover all range of topics. And I'm pleased to say to the audience listening right now that my good friend Angelica Kramer is going to be <laughs> uh, one of my co-hosts again. Um, Yay! The, the Miracle of Technology, we're going to be doing this. Um, in, there's actually four different sites involved. And Walter uh-huh. Hopkins, Walter Hopkins, our co-host from Tea with BVP, will be back. And so he'll be in a site, the actual studio uh, where the computer system is that's doing everything and the phone answering stuff is going to happen in Phoenix. Wow. I'm in California, so the technology, we'll see how it all works out. We're going to do some test runs this week and then we launch on the 12th. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that everything's going to work out pretty, pretty well. Um, yeah. That is so exciting. Again, it's going to be not be quite like Tea with BVP, but it is enough that, that our, our, our listeners who were involved before were uh-huh. our fans, listen religiously. Um, are going to like what we do. And then new people who are, are new to the, these kinds of podcasts can, can chime in. And I'll just tell people real quick, that's an hour show. Okay. Um, you can listen to it live um, through Mixler. It's going to be mixler.com slash L 2 That's it. And all the information will go to, is going to be going out starting tomorrow. Okay. Websites will be going out on social media. It'll be going out on emails and so on. So the information will trickle out to people. And um, and you can listen live or you can listen to it as a podcast afterwards through iTunes or on SoundCloud. So we will, we will make it available as many ways as we can because we like to maximize who we talk to and who we get to talk to. Because, you know, me, I like people calling in. Yep, that is awesome. Well, and we will, um, of course, promote that as well here through the LRC at Cornell. And we Yay. will also post the link um, so our listeners can have it at their fingertips uh, to listen to this uh, live call-in show as well. Perfect. Well, this is, this is very exciting. Um, yeah. So before we sign off here, um, the new semester just started for us. Uh-huh. Um, do you have any parting wisdom for our uh, new language instructors here at Cornell, our seasoned language instructors? Anything that you can consolidate, something that maybe they should implement in their teaching this semester, something that they should do, or maybe something that they shouldn't do? The wisdom well, of BVP. Well, I don't know if I'm going to tell them what to do, what not to do, but I'm going to give them some advice of okay. a more psychological nature. How's okay. that? Emot- emotive psychological nature. For the newbies, for the people who are just getting started, just you are going to freak out. It's going to be overwhelming. Uh, you're not going to know what you're doing half the time or you're going to, or you're going to think you, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and part of what you're going to wind up having to do is going to be constrained by the program you're in. So I don't know anything about Cornell's language programs, but you're always are subject to the materials you're given to use and what your supervisors expect out of you and so on and so forth. Um, so, cause all language teaching ultimately is local, right? Yep. And so adapt, give yourself some space. Don't freak out, go to your supervisor as much as possible, go to the veterans don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, it's okay. You're a new person. That's what you're supposed to do is learn yeah. and ask questions. So remember, you've got a lot to learn and just think of yourself as you have students in the classroom, but now you're a student of language teaching. And so you've got to learn from, from other people. And my advice to the veterans is help the, help the newbies, but don't forget you veterans are still learning. Don't think just because you're a veteran, you know everything that's to know about language teaching. None of us do. I how long have I been doing this, Angelica? You know my joke. I'm always, yeah, I always say that I'm a year away from Depends, right? I'm a year away from Depends and I'm practically taking Geritol now. So, and I'm learning new things. I think about stuff. I go to, I go to workshops and conferences. I go, hey, I hadn't thought about that that way. 
I wonder if I can incorporate, you know, and I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff. So it doesn't make any difference who you are, what expertise you have, what expertise you don't have, how long you've been doing it. You could always learn stuff. So veterans, remember that, that just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you stop learning. It means, um, and don't forget the new people might have some good ideas too. You just never know. Everybody's got to talk to each other. That's my big advice to people is create a community of teachers among yourselves and talk to each other. Do not be typical academics that don't talk to each other. Be language teachers. That <laughs> exactly. That's my, that's my advice. Yeah, no, and that is, that is perfect and valuable advice. And that's actually um, gives me a, a good point of reference to remind all of our listeners who are local here to Cornell um, that we have our speaker series. All that information is on our website. So I do invite all of you whether you're new to teaching or you are experienced, make sure to come to these events. Or if you can't make it in person, um, all of those talks are archived. So check out our website um, and just keep learning. Awesome. Just like to Ellen DeGeneres said this, just keep learning. Swimming. Just yep. keep learning. Absolutely. Just keep yep. learning. <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, Bill, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk well, to me. Thank you. Um, always a pleasure. We are very excited about the launch of your new podcast. So um, again, that's September 12th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Talk in L2 with BVP. More information is forthcoming on our website and our uh, social media as well. Um, and to all our listeners, good luck for the semester. And again, thank you, Bill. Well, thank you. And good luck on your, your new job. Everybody who doesn't know Angelica there at Cornell, you got a great person. So take <laughs> care of her for me. And, and, and stuff that she does is golden. So once um, she gets her hands on things, it's going to, uh, you're going to have, have some great stuff going on at Cornell. So good luck. And Sam back there in the booth, thank you so much for the podcast, Sam. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I will say goodbye and talk to everybody, hopefully on the 12th. Of there September. we go. Sounds right. like a plan. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupwitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.